on and open up my eyes Shawty holding on my arm and coming, no surprise That she be sleeping cause I be keeping her up all night With that bad behavior, giving her the act right Straight up, I been searching for that ride or die That's why my ex be dead to me, they didn't treat me right But shawty, she got something special, always keep the vibe And never fuck with my mental, she never cheat or lie uh, uh, You know that's my No one noticed they was preaching doubt And you don't notice but one time I was gonna see me out Reverse the clock man I go back to be like see me now You got the baddest shawty and she always hold it down If you need to Storms thunder down, and I ain't proud A lightning strike come out my mouth A hurricane of pain and anguish came to tear me down You see me, but you never leave me, always faithful Believe me when I tell you, shorty, that I'm grateful You my sunny days, even when my rain fall I got a million ways to tell you that I'm thankful You know that's my lady I'm the generous tide, you're the taking tide, got me feeling 
someone you care for is struggling with a mental illness or other disability and you need someone to talk to, you can call the Wellways Helpline. Wellways Helpline is a volunteer support and referral service that provides information to people experiencing mental health issues or other disabilities, as well as their family, friends and carers. We're here to talk if you are feeling socially isolated, seeking information about mental health or mental health services, or just need someone to talk to. As a peer-based service, everyone working at Wellways Helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues or disability. Wellways Helpline is a national service and operates Monday to Friday, 9am to 9pm, excluding public holidays. So if you're struggling yourself or are struggling to help someone else, please call Wellways Helpline on 1300 500. That's 1300 500. Wellways supports 3CR. Good afternoon. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM and this is Queering the Air. 
This show today was recorded by me remotely from my home on Awabakal and Waramai country and is being broadcast from 3CR studios on the lands of the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Bumurrung people. I would like to pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty has never been ceded and I stand in solidarity with the First Nations fight for justice. If you missed it in August, Iris spoke with Latoya Rule on Queering the Air around their brother Wayne Feller Morrison's death in custody and the campaign to ban split hoods in South Australia, which has just had a huge win in the South Australian Upper House voting to support a bill to ban split hoods in the state. Check out that episode to support the family's fight. My name's Em, I'm a non-binary transmasculine person using they them pronouns and I'm your host for today's show. The songs you heard at the start of the show were Shorty by BVT and Shadows by Pillow Pro. Today we'll be talking about embodiment practices for queer and trans people, speaking with two practitioners who work with queer people to support queer and trans people to move in their bodies. We'll be talking about somatics, coined by Thomas Hanna, meaning the body experienced from within, a growing movement being practiced by people within social movements to explore our body's potential for healing, its inner wisdom and strength that can be brought to the collective. In particular, it has been practiced in the US by black leaders, including the Nat Ministry and Prentice Hemphill of the Embodiment Institute. Prentice Hemphill says, The kind of change we are after is cellular as well as institutional, is personal and intimate, is collective as well as cultural. We are making love synonymous with justice. We're going to hear today how these practices can be regenerative and support queer and trans people, and how queer and trans exclusive spaces can create moments for really important connection. In a time where queer bodies are still heavily policed by the state and society, it's so important that we have ways of connecting with each other and community. First up, I spoke with Sumarlina about transsomatics, which is a body movement practice for trans people to connect with our bodies and combat dysphoria. So my name is Sumarlina. Um, I use they, them pronouns, and I am a creative who lives in Nam, also known as Melbourne, on Wurundjeri country. Great. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. And we're here to talk about um, your series, Transsomatics, which is an audio series. Um, would you like to just, yeah, explain a little bit about what it is? Yeah, sure. Uh, so Transsomatics kind of uh the the recorded series was kind of like my um COVID lockdown baby um (laughs) there were um it's a series of recordings that I published last year um on uh on my web on the Transmatics website and also it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and the rest of those places and um it's essentially the the practice itself is about um facilitating body movement in a way that is accessible for trans people. Um, I wanted to create something that gave people in the community, so trans and gender non-conforming people, um, some space and a bit of time to explore their their own bodies. Um, It's based on somatic practices, which um, the thesis of somatics is to, to experience the body from within, so feeling the internal mechanisms of how bodies work um, and using that as a, as an avenue to develop a, a, a maybe different or closer or stronger relationship with our physical bodies. 
Um, and it's been something that was on my mind for a really long time as uh, someone who is non-binary um, and transmasculine is that uh, it's really hard sometimes to, to feel close to your body when it feels like, you know, on a social level it might betray you in the way that people read you or um, it doesn't match with the societal expectations of what your body should look like, um, you know, if you're a trans woman and people don't read you as a woman or if you're um, non-binary and people don't read you as androgynous, um, you know, there's there's lots of ways in that we can change the way that we present ourselves to the world but those might not necessarily change the way we feel internally um, and I wanted to develop something that could help us yeah I guess um, could, could help people from the community interrogate that a little and maybe have a remove gender from the from the perspective of how we understand our bodies and understand our bodies more on a, I guess, functional level. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of how the practice was born. And um, since doing the first series of recordings, I've done some workshops with the community earlier this year while um, we were allowed to. And um, I'm currently uh, preparing the second series of recordings, which will be coming out next month, which is exciting. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> great to have um well yeah more of these resources out there and also more more projects for the ongoing lockdowns and that yes kind of thing. <laughs> it's true <laughs> yeah um and you touched on then um you know the way that I guess this series and transsomatics can kind of I guess help trans people do maybe create a new a, a different option for connecting with dysphoria I know mm. for myself and I'm sure for other trans people you know I think that we learn to rely on kind of, you know, from a young age, like safety mechanisms that are often around disassociation yeah. as opposed to feeling into the body as a way to feel safe in our kind of unsafe world that we, yeah. we grow up in. Um, yeah, I guess how do you see transsomatics kind of connecting in with those experiences? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, obviously a lot of those things resonate with me as well. Uh, yeah, the and I think... For me, the the core um, entry point for me in terms of body movement was that um, we hold a lot of tensions in our body uh, when we disassociate and, yeah, trying to, cre to create barriers between us and the outside world means that we're constantly in a very, like, defensive um, position and I wanted to develop... So I, to me, I guess transomatics is something that... Um, maybe tries to ease some of those tensions a bit and relax into the body more and also um, try to feel the the ways that the body helps us in a lot of ways and holds so much, so many things for us and I guess in a way also um, develop a sense of appreciation and gratitude for the body outside of um, gender. I think... Mm there's so much more to the to the physical body than than gender and um you know and I think we all know that but it's very easy to forget um or to not have that front of mind and I think yeah just having um small pockets uh small opportunities like by doing um transomatics for you know even just 10 or 15 minutes to remind ourselves of that I think that for me at least has been a really regenerative regenerative um activity so yeah I guess my hope is that maybe it is for others as well mm. yeah and I think it's um 
yeah, interesting, like thinking about, you know, there is this kind of tension, I guess, in queer and trans communities between um, the, yeah, kind of a push and pull of the, mm. the connection to the body. And um, mm. you've spoken about um, your training as a dancer. And I was kind of thinking too about the way that, you know, a lot of queer and trans communities have really strong connections with like clubbing and ballroom. And there's mm. a really body focused kind of spaces as well. But then there is that kind of layer of disassociation amongst the communities as well, I guess. Yeah, I was curious to hear your take about, um, I don't know, just kind of the connections that queer and trans people have to our bodies in those those kind of spaces. It's almost a bit transcendent or something. Yeah, for sure. It definitely is. And I think that's something really special. Um, I guess in a lot of ways, transformatics is kind of like a quieter, um, you know, individual version of accessing those 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 moments and those experiences, um, I think especially during lockdown, it was really important for me and I know other people in the community to have something that could let them enter into that experience of of being in relationship with your body um, without <laughs> being able to go to the club or to parties or to um, ballroom events. Um, and I guess in a lot of ways, it also speaks to um, the fact that. Uh, you know, I'm personally a very introverted, stay-at-home-all-the-time person, um, so I needed something that was, yeah, I guess like <laughs> maybe 15 um, layers of energy levels below <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most, most events. Um, so, yeah, I guess, I guess it's kind of speaking to um, creating an access point that, that lives in a, in a maybe um, adjacent sphere to, to parties. Um, and there was one more thing I wanted to say about that. Um, yeah, I think the other thing that I wanted to, to, to touch on was that, um, all of those experiences at parties and, um, you know, I, I think they're really important ways of us to feel and, you know, to, uh, like genuinely experience and be alive and let go and like relax and all of those things. Um, and at the same time, you know, uh, we can use those sort of opportunities to escape a lot of the time as Mm. well. And, um, I think that's a really important, valued and valid, um, thing to be doing. And I guess, I think in Transomatics, I was also trying to address, um, ways that you can, you can access those feelings or like be in in tune with the body in ways that have feel, more um uh that that are that are i guess yeah more um directed at being present with the body Mm. um and so yeah lots of the the practice itself is really slow kind of like awkward looking um (laughs) and a lot of that's really just about yeah being being really present in that moment with the the body and like using the body as your entire world for for just like a small period of time um which yeah maybe is like it also at the same time an inverted um experience Mm. Mm. yeah yeah I think it seems you know I think with you know clubs or events or any of those kind of um large 
scales of quote unquote community events, you know, there's always kind of access and accessibility mm. issues um, when it comes in. So it's great to have more, I guess, you know, I see it as a like a more is more yeah. <laughs> approach to the community where we <laughs> have, you know, many more options to um, find ways to connect in. Um, and, you know, you did mention that it's, um, it, it is a very individual kind of body-based practice, mm. the episodes that you have, but, you know, this kind of idea of dropping in and being present with the body, it seems to me, you know, quite connected in with kind of our push towards, uh, like collective liberation movements mm. and this kind of really like dropping into the body as, um, community care, like, did you find some connections in that when you were creating the series yeah definitely and I think um it's exactly what you say it is a very individual practice but also a very collective one at the same time like transmatics for me is a community-owned project like I a lot of the the way that it's been developed is through um collaboration conversation with other people and listening to other people's experiences and trying to integrate lessons from that into the practice and I'm trying really hard to to make it feel as um, collectively owned as possible and I also found doing the workshops earlier this year you know we don't get many opportunities to have trans only spaces and so just facilitating that alone you know forgetting whatever it is that we do within that space was really special um, like it didn't have to be transmatics it could have been anything but even just those moments of sitting and chatting um, together and you know knowing that everybody else in the room has this kind of base um, collective understanding of of particular experiences was really really special um, and something I'm really looking forward to doing hopefully later this year as well when um, we're allowed to run more workshops um, but yeah, that that collective experience, that collective um, building of the practice, has been um, absolutely integral to 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 where it is now. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's great to feel like you can have sort of yeah community influencing the process mm. as well. I guess to make it really collaborative. Um, something that yeah you you mentioned, and I think it can sometimes be a hard thing to talk about in the trans community is that you know we're in a time of having both really incredible and also really limiting options for mm. for gender affirmation like through our western medical yeah. system um and you know it's in a time when procedures are still expensive and there's you know a lot of kind of gatekeeping and social factors that can keep people from mm. accessing the gender affirming care that you know they require um yeah I guess I'm I'm curious to see like how how you've found transsomatic kind of connecting in with that and yeah, I guess, you know, in your workshops, like how trans community members have felt about it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm really upset about how gender-affirming care is still so incredibly inaccessible. Um, and I I guess, yeah, I was, with Transmedics, I've, I know that I've spoken about it before as well um, in, in relation to the project and this practice is, I wanted to, create a resource that could be used in not as a replacement of gender or you know like as like a you know as a replacement to surgeries or 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 hormone therapy or anything like that but as something that can work alongside it to help ease the you know like the Mm -hmm. tensions and the stresses of of trying to access that care going through that care um experiences of that care um of of gender affirming um care I mean and um you know I think I guess I was hoping that this practice could be something that also um, 
yeah, can offer moments of gender affirmation in ways that it can help maybe act as a bit of a balm on the on the the tensions that we hold with our own bodies um, in experiencing the body in ways that aren't in relation to the way we feel about our gender or the way that we feel our gender is being understood or portrayed. Um, so, so yeah, I, I do see it quite closely related, um, not as a response or as like an alternative solution, but as something that um, for some people who, who find resonance in this type of body-based practice um, can, can act as, yeah, like a, as something along, alongside of, of the trans journey that people are going on. Mm, absolutely and yeah I think um the more kind of community resources that we have Mm. um it's the the better really (laughs) yeah um and so you mentioned that you know you've been doing the workshops the series is online now and that you're planning a second series um the first series you know you kind of explore different facets of the body and organs is that kind of where you're taking it with the second series as well uh, so the second series will have – so it's coming out next month. It'll start coming out next month. Um, and it's going to be – there's going to be six audio episodes which will cover three themes, um, breath, movement, and stillness. And I wanted to create um, these, these this second series that focused more on, I guess, particular – uh, actions and focusing on how the whole body works as a collective and as its own kind of, you know, interconnected, um, multifaceted, <laughs> very complicated organism. And, um, and then we'll, I'll also be releasing two um, kind of short workshops, um, which will be videos and they'll be available hopefully in November or December. And that's also like the recorded series going to be online for free um, so that people can just access them wherever they are, whenever they want. Yeah. <laughs> mm. That's great. Um, yeah, well, it's exciting to have more more coming out um around that series and yeah if listeners want to find the series or find out a little bit more about transsomatics where would we send them um so you can go to the website which is just transsomatics.com and there's also an instagram page transsomatics okay great well thanks so much for joining me today it's really been great to um get your insights thank you it's been such a pleasure
numbers of people that turn out to these Invasion Day demonstrations in Melbourne. It gives me the understanding that we will win, folks. We will succeed! Subscribe to 3CR in 2021. Feed Radical Radio. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on You're listening to Queering the Air on 3CR. My name's Em and I'm your host for today. We just heard an interview between myself and Sumalina chatting about their community practice and works with transsomatics. You can check out the website transsomatics.com to hear the audio series and check out their Instagram for more updates about upcoming workshops once COVID lockdowns have eased. Next up, I spoke with Daisy Catterall. Daisy runs Feel Free Yoga Sydney and has been running classes specific for queer and trans people via Zoom since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, called Daisy Catterall, toku ingoa. My name is Daisy Catterall. Um, I use she, her pronouns, and I am a person who's living on um, unceded Gadigal land right now as an uninvited guest. Um, some things about me... Um, I am a queer woman, a cis woman, uh, a woman with um, family connections to Natimanya Porto, which is a group of people based um, in Aotearoa, um, and I teach yoga. Yes, well, thanks so much for joining me today and for that introduction. Um, and I was wanting to chat to you today about your practice as a yoga instructor. So, um, yeah, maybe if you could tell us a bit about that and kind of what it means to you. 
Mm. I guess like, I don't know, my practice of teaching yoga evolves. Um, I'm a really still like a fresh yoga teacher. I've only been teaching for just over like a year and a half and most of that has been online. So I'm kind of like um, teaching myself how to teach um, in these times, like we adapt. Um, But I guess a really important part of teaching yoga, um, especially in lockdown and on COVID, during COVID and stuff, has been um, how to like, I guess not recreate, but like develop um, the sense of community or connection or unity that yoga can offer us while we're doing it online. So um, for me, it's been like such a key part of my own well-being is teaching um, queer and trans yoga classes and also open ones too online. Um, And a huge part of that for me has been um, like connecting with people, people who I haven't met before and who perhaps have never or would never have tried yoga before if they couldn't do it from their own homes. Mm, Yeah, it's great to have um, access to these kind of um, online-based supports as well for people during COVID. Um, And, Mm. yeah, you mentioned that you've been doing yoga classes for queer and trans communities specifically as well as you're also offering some classes for black and brown people to join. So why did it feel important to you to kind of have those specifically for those communities? Mm. Because um, it feels really awesome to be um, like exploring topics like embodiment and like curiosity and play as well as spirituality and like connectedness in a room full of people who share experience with you. Um, Whether that's like um, sharing an identity marker about your gender or sexuality or the way that you have relationships or like your heritage or your experience of culture or faith or whatever. Um, There's something very um, specific about um, gathering with people who have experiences of like navigating the world um, in a similar way to you. Um, And that experience is one that can be really joyful and one that can be like confronting and pretty scary too. Um, And so that's why it feels really important to, for me as someone who holds those spaces for people to um, make sure that they feel like authentic and grounded and, um, and open. Mm, Definitely. And I know, I mean, you're talking about running most of those classes on zoom, but even online still being able to feel kind of the power of that presence, um, you know, in the specific queer and trans classes that you can really feel connected to the community, even though it's, it's via Zoom and it feels quite important. Mm. Yeah, mm. totally. Especially like thinking about, um, about people gathering who would not have met each other or who, whose paths might not have crossed if they weren't in the same Zoom room. And yeah, they appear as like a a tile in a grid of videos on like lots and lots of different Aboriginal people's land, but um, but they all kind of like join or share an experience um, just for that hour together in a yoga class. So I'm still not really over that. That's magical. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, you know, I think technology can feel scary and overwhelming in a lot of ways, but feeling those kind of really like um, – positive connections with technology can feel really, really special and uniting. Um, So, yeah, we're talking today 
like about your practice and a big part of that is embodiment um and I think you know for queer and trans people specifically but also you know marginalized people more broadly like often at a young age we learn that the world is a violent place for us that our bodies are not safe and a big defense mechanism can be to you know leave our bodies through disassociation so how do you see your yoga practice kind of addressing or working with some of those issues Mm. Mm, yeah so real it's um I think I'm like getting I'm getting more like connected to or aware of the power of um of yoga not because it's something that can make us more strong or connected to our physical bodies only but that like it is such a sacred and ancient practice that we are, by practicing it respectfully, we're literally connecting to history. And we know that queer and trans people have ancestry back to, you know, the beginning of human people. So um, for me, it's a way that we can like be a part of history as history turns into the future, um, connecting into this practice to use it as a way, yes, to find embodiment and to feel perhaps more aware of our bodies, perhaps more nothing about our bodies. Um, but really like the the idea of, um, of yoga, as I've been taught, is for all of the parts of ourselves to, um, to unite. Like the word yoga um, in Sanskrit kind of roughly translates in English to yoke, as in the parts of an egg, like everything mm-hmm. kind of yokes together. And so... Um, in yoga, sometimes you might feel embodied after a class. Sometimes you might feel more confused, but like embodiment, um, embodiment to me doesn't doesn't mean that you're joyous in your body <laughs> all the time. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Like it means that you um, you are in your body, um, but it also means that you're connected to every other part of your existence too. And part of that existence sometimes is our incredible nervous system that tells us to flee when we're in danger and to escape the current presence by disassociating. Like this is all connection, you know, there's not, there's mm-hmm. not like this beautiful image of embodiment that we're working towards. It's just honouring every part. Mm. Yeah, that's a really beautiful um yeah, a way to think about the wholeness of our experiences. So, yeah, mm. thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, and I guess what, like what you were saying, you know, kind of about, um, yeah, this idea of like yoga bringing together the wholeness of our experience, it kind of brings me back to, because, to, you know, obviously like yoga, it's people doing the movements in their bodies but you know usually it's practiced as a collective in a room and or via zoom or however um and yeah I guess I was interested to see how you think about like how how yoga kind of does link back into the connect collective and helps towards transformation and liberation those kind of things totally yeah yeah it's a funny one too because like yoga like the way that it's presented to us today um I should say I'm a non-Indian person. My descent is not from South Asia, so I'm a borrower of this practice. And the um, my practice and my teaching practice is, um, I like to think, really deeply rooted in the decolonization of um, of yoga. Um, and part of of that to me is like taking it away from this this goal of like individual progress or success and like 
like not seeing it as like a line of like, yes, I can finally do that pose when I wasn't strong enough to a month ago. Like that's cool. But, but really what yoga gives us is like time and space and perhaps like the skills to be kinder to ourselves. And therefore when we're kinder to ourselves and have space to just like explore um, that makes us more magnificent as people and that's good but it doesn't end there like what happens to the world the universe the community when it is um, more full of people who are magnificent walking around like people who feel spacious and feel like they can be more generous because they're not in scarcity they're in this abundance mentality of like I've got time I've got resources, you know, like I know my nervous system, I know how to read my body a bit more than maybe I once did. And like that, that is something that is good for the community and for the universe. So like for me, it, um, I guess I kind of situate like an individual yoga practice more broadly in like, how does this benefit the world? You know, like, yes, it makes me feel good and that's awesome. But like the world, my family, my community, my neighbours need me to feel as good as I can so that I can care and share. Mm. Yeah, that's so important. I think, um, yeah, in kind of in terms of being presence um, with ourselves as individuals, kind of connecting us back into this collective sense of responsibility and, um, yeah, kind of care for one another, which I think has really come to the forefront a lot for people during COVID as well. Mm. Um, And, yeah, I guess you touched on there, like, you know, linking into the traditional heritage of yoga, which is obviously an ancient practice. Um, and you also, you know, do a lot of thinking um, and linking in of your practice with kind of current social liberation movement ideas and thinkers. How do you mm. see that as connecting into what you're bringing? I guess it's like when we think about decolonization, we think about um, history and we think about what has been done and then it's like it can be really easy to fall into a place where you feel helpless like oh well this has happened like what what on earth could my individual yoga practice do to change that or undo that but I'm thinking about um, transforming it into like a forward moving like visioning future dreaming um, where we realize that like lots of the things that yoga has to teach us can absolutely apply to um to now and to tomorrow and so like I think that there is um, the things that we learn through yoga are applicable in so many situations because it is about like the human experience Um, it's about like the brain the mind the body connection and relationships and like kind of like um, power dynamics you know Mm. things like this that are totally recreated um in like many different parts of nature and in humans. Um, So it's interesting to see like the, um, the shiny gems of, you know, of lessons that we can learn through yoga that, um, that are being taught in really different ways in different language through social justice movements and through movement organizing. Um, I don't know, then it becomes really clear to see the links that um, yoga obviously is not the only way, but can definitely contribute to the individual feeling like they have some power and also like um to contributing towards unity which is so essential um to moving forward in anything Mm, yeah absolutely and yeah I think it's really 
um, you know, kind of incredible the ways that so many different practices and ideas and especially ones, you know, that have really ancient kind of um, links and that have been a resource for people for many years are just so relevant to today and to abolition and kind of the current issues that we're facing in our 2021 society. Um, I'm curious, Mm. um, you know, you mentioned looking forwards and that kind of future visioning and dreaming. Like what do you see next for you as a yoga teacher, your yoga practice? Mm. Mm, good question. I'm like, um, I'm feeling pretty excited to develop my own practice more. Um, I'm feeling really um, nourished by like holding space for others. Um, but I guess I'm kind of always like searching for this this perhaps um, farce of balance, you know, of, mm. of like <laughs> taking some real time away, like to, to spend time in your own practice does really need like undivided attention. So I'm curious about like um, when that could happen or like what that could look like. But I'm also um, I'm pretty interested in um, in like physical movement um, and getting to know uh, how that could be powerful for people in ways that aren't just um, through yoga practice, um, i.e., like um, different movement movement methods that are pretty like predominant, I guess, in um, in so called Canada and some parts of Turtle Island um, are really exciting me at the moment. Where it's like um, some parts are inspired by. Um, traditional yoga practices like asana the movement part and also the breath too um but they're also being like explored through things like somatics um which is again just like a maybe an acute um exploration into like what it is to be in a body um Mm. so I'm pretty interested in um in how that can teach us about ourselves um I don't know how that exploration will come to fruition but there's definitely some curiosity there of like Hmm, what are other ways that we can move or be in our still bodies and how can I teach that to other people too? So mm. we will see. Yeah, that's exciting. And, mm. yes, so much wisdom in the body to be explored. Yeah. Mm. Um, and for any listeners out there who might want to join one of your classes via Zoom, what's the details for that? Mm. You can sign up on um, on the internet if you go to feelfreeyoga.cloudstudios.com. Um, there's heaps of information um, on that website about like what class might look or feel like for you and you can also see the timetable um, as well. You could also follow me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is feelfreeyogasydney, one word, that's me, and I post about um, what we might explore in yoga in the coming days or weeks and some, I don't know, other information that might be interesting or might like give you a greater understanding of what to expect if you come to a class. Great. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Daisy. Thank you for having me. So fun. Twenty Years on the Inside is an iconic new podcast series that gives voice to the experience of First Nations people in the Victorian prison system. Twenty Years on the Inside. I'm Vicky Roach, and I'm Kutcher Edwards. 
This series reflects on 20 years of listening to our mobs on the inside as part of the Beyond the Bars prison broadcast. 20 Years on the Inside is essential listening for anyone looking to educate themselves about the realities of life on the inside and the need to end Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander incarceration. A lot of the boys mentioned about being in jail. What you do really isn't who you are. You know, it's how you love your family, it's how you care about your cousins, and it's how you care about your people. That's what, that's what this is about for me. Catch the podcast via the 3CR website or on your favourite podcast app or listen live each Monday at midday. You are listening to 3CR. My name's Em. I've been your host today on Queering the Air. We are coming to the end of our program. And before that announcement, we just heard an interview with Daisy Catterall, who runs Feel Free Yoga in Sydney. And if you missed that interview or you want to check out any more info about those classes, including the timetable for queer and trans classes, you can check out the website feelfreeyoga.space or feelfreeyogasydney on Instagram. Thanks so much for joining me on this week's show. It has been really great to be back on the air with you this afternoon. Hopefully you are keeping safe and well during these uncertain and um, scary times with COVID. Um Our communities have been feeling the strain of the lack of support from the government with COVID lockdowns ongoing um, and the stress of opening up when we know that our vulnerable communities haven't been vaccinated to the levels that we need to keep them safe. So if you are able to get vaccinated, please do it. Help stop the spread and help protect each other going to go out today on a song this one is a new one from papaphilia the track is the true name of the sun is slowly spoken it's off her upcoming album remembrance of things to come up next on 3cr we're going to be hearing salam radio so stay tuned for that and see you next time
Luciano and Georgia Keats, supported by the Australian Queer Archive, present Queer Ways, retracing Melbourne's queer footprint. Queer Ways is a community art project that maps the queer history of Melbourne, combining our community's stories and voices, past and present, into a permanent, interactive record of being queer in Melbourne. Visit www.queerways.melbourne now to record your story in queer history and explore our city's untold history. Queer Ways, a 3CR supporter. and not understanding why people aren't seeing the fact that prisons are an integral part of a public health response to a pandemic. Like you, I'm really concerned about whether the data is being released very honestly about illnesses within prison. I have suspicions it's not, but really we need very strong leadership in this country that actually cares about people inside, our most vulnerable populations inside. That's what we need and that's not what we're getting right now. We need to keep Radical Voices on air. Subscribe now. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377.